0: uh and I love over this past year you know we spent a, a year looking at the Old Testament and looking at the the larger story, the meta-narrative of what God had done and then when we got to the birth of Jesus this past month it was so rich because of the story. Right, it was. It was so special because it wasn't just something that all of a sudden God just decided to bring His son into the world. He had said from the very beginning that He was going to do that. So it was the culmination of this story. So it's it's what's happened in the past many times that gives us some context for today. So that's why it's important for us as a church to stop and to take time to share about what God's doing. And we did this last year as a church, and and it's it's, it's a lot of it's on our minds as you guys approach new year's you're thinking about resolutions and thinking about that gym membership or you know that thing that you've been saying you're going to be doing you know this this whole time or what you're going to do next year so before we start thinking about next year let's just stop and and think about what's going on uh... this past year and what god has done so when i'm done it's going to be an open mic time uh... for about twenty twenty minutes or so so i want you guys to start thinking about something that you would want to share uh, to To the church and uh, there 's a mic right here that you can take it off and if you feel more comfortable sitting at your seat you 're welcome to do it uh, whatever makes you comfortable. so I just wanted to share a quick a quick story about something that, that god 's been doing here at Red Sea, um, kind of on a corporate level. Um, a few years ago, me and my wife had an opportunity to uh, to serve at a, um, a a shelter for families called My Father's House. If you guys are familiar with My, my Father's House, it's a it's an amazing shelter for for families uh, with homeless families with kids out in Gresham. We were able to serve there for a couple of years, and uh, and at the t- at the same time, God had me working in property management. I was managing an apartment complex that it was kind of a lower. You know, maybe lower class apartment complex, and so uh, it was hard financially for a lot of the families that were in my apartment. And so I was um, I was managing this apartment complex, which involved evicting people when they couldn't pay their rent, and I was serving at a shelter for families that had been evicted. You know what I'm saying? And it was this it was this challenge of these two realities. And I was like, man, I, I I'm at both ends of this. I'm the person making someone homeless and then trying to, to serve homeless. So through that situation, God placed in me a desire to to want to help uh, those people, especially those who are um, uh, vulnerable, women and children. Uh, when I was at that shelter, I saw there's a lot of different reasons that people get homeless, become homeless. And it really changed my stereotype of what it meant to be homeless and why someone is homeless. And, uh, and so when I took on the job here at Red Sea, we began, uh, Royce and I, you know, really praying and talking with with some of you guys about how does God want us to use our buildings? You know, like he's blessed us in this amazing way. This past year, we basically repurchased all of our property. We, we did a formal refinancing uh, we bought it from our association. Uh, it was a long, painful process. It involved a lot of money. Uh, but God, was his favor was upon us, and we were able to purchase this building and the building next door and a couple of other lots, which for us is is a true testament to God's grace. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing that he gave us property here in St. John's, which we weren't sure he was ever going to do. And so we began having the conversation of, God, what do you want us to do with this? You know, it's it's here. Um and uh and then I had this passion for wanting to help these families. Uh so when an, when an email went out to all the churches in, in North Portland for churches who were interested in trying to get a homeless shelter opened up in Portland in North Portland, uh, I I came to the meeting kind of as a representative of you guys of Red Sea and just saying, "Hey, we want to be in the conversation." Um, because this is something that's important to me and it, and it's important to our church. We believe in justice and in mercy. And so um, five churches showed up to that initial initial meeting. Uh, and we met uh, over here in the hub up in the war room, and just said, you know how can how can we together begin to serve homeless families there 's about one hundred and fifty homeless women and children so, you know here in North Portland, just on on our peninsula. The majority of them are couch surfing uh, they 're not living outdoors in, in the elements majority of the time in the summer sometimes but but most of them are living in, on people 's couches here, and in North Portland, we have no um, shelter for families, and if you are a homeless family in Portland, um, and you're a, let's say you're a mom that has a, two kids, a lot of times you'll be separated if your kids are male and female, because they may have shelters that for the mom and the daughter that can go to, but where does the boy go? And, and then uh, we began talking with my father's house, and they're turning away hundreds of families every month from their shelter, and we said, you know what, we know this is a need, we want to address this need. That conversation started two years ago, we began saying, how do we do this? And North Portland has a lot of small churches here on the peninsula. And so as small churches, we have these realities that we face of resources. And it's like, how do, we, how do we do it? None of us can say, hey, we'll run a shelter. We don't have the money. We don't have the volunteers. But when five churches came together and said, hey, let's try to do this together, it was a beautiful picture of what the church should be, for one thing, of not fighting over resources or my kingdom. You know, We're trying to build our little kingdom here, but together we're building God's kingdom. So we just started praying and talking and, and going down different avenues and meeting with tons. We've met with city officials and, and people that run different homeless shelters and meetings and meetings and meetings and meetings and meetings and meetings. And, meetings and, meetings and, meetings and, and it about meeting me to death. I just, I was like, is this thing ever going to get off the ground? And, and then finally we started um, looking at some buildings and we realized that we didn't have enough funding to go out and buy anything. Uh, and so uh, I offered <laughs> you guys as church uh, to, be a, to be a shelter to these families. And said, "You know what? Uh, in, at night, if it would help, we can you can start the shelter at Red Sea. Uh, our buildings are completely empty at night." They're available. The families can come in. They can sleep in the classrooms. There's a kitchen. We'll put in a shower. Whatever you guys need to do, we'll do that. And as we started uh, talk, having the conversation with the city, we realized really quickly that it wasn't financially viable. Um, they needed fire suppression systems put in, which were about $50,000, and ADA accessible showers put in, which were about $25,000. And it was like, okay, we don't have that type of money. Uh, and so we just began as a group just praying and say, okay, God, what do we do? we we want to meet this need, but we don't have the ability to do it. We need you to help us. And God did the most amazing thing. He 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 got a group of people inside the city to begin to start working on this at the Bureau of Sustainability. The, so city employees from the, the planning committee and the zoning committee and transportation and the fire department, they all came together and said, we want to see a shelter opened up in North Portland. How can we help this church do this? That doesn't exist. The city doesn't do that. You know, they're the rule enforcers on the other end. And they called us up and they said, hey, we have an idea. We'd like to meet with you guys and propose an idea. So we went down and we met with, uh, with Paul Scarlett, the, the lead of the the, uh, the Bureau of Sustainability in mean the uh, Systems of Bureau Development and, and the head fire marshal and, and, and inspectors and they said you know what you don't meet the qualifications to be a permanent, a, a permanent shelter but we think we can allow you guys to be a temporary shelter so we'll give you guys six months to get something started, and here's how you get around, it was really funny, because they're like, here's how you get around this department in the city, and here's how you get around this, because they're going to ask for this, and this is what you tell them and said, and they actually showed us all the loopholes to be able to get a shelter open. The city did this to itself to help us, and uh, and as of uh, we, so we had to go through a formal appeals process with some different things. And as of a week ago, we were approved to be a temporary shelter. So God's given us 180 days starting January the 20th that we are going to be opening up this building uh, from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. at night for families to come in who are, who are homeless. Uh, we're going we're gonna to have a six-month program. So the first five families are going to be in the program for six months. It's going to involve, obviously, giving them a place to sleep, a place to cook their meals. They're also going to be having dinner together as a group each night and over in the Hub. And then we're offering classes on on job, uh, how to get a job, how to do a budget, parenting classes. And the cool thing is it's not just Red Sea. There's five churches doing this together. Uh, And so I haven't brought it to you guys before now because I wanted to get approval by the city uh, because I wanted to wait until we knew for sure that this was going to happen. And it's going to happen. We're on our way. So now it's like, what's next step? So Yay! He, he's provided for us in a huge way, so what we need next is is we need to start considering um, is, is that something God's calling you individually to be a part of so there's lots of different opportunities from coming up here and sleeping at night with the families with women and kids obviously you have to do the same as you do when we open up the building to to uh for an emergency shelter we need people to stay to to stay up do fire watches um, we need blankets and pillows and cots and and food and toiletry supplies and everything you could imagine uh, to be a shelter. And so we're going to do it for six months. And during that six months, we're going to do some really intentional fundraising. And ideally, the goal is for the community to, hope to be able to purchase a home. That's what they want out here in St. John's, is they believe living in community together is the best environment for change, which we would all agree with. We believe that God's called us together in community. So that's going to be the next six months, which I'm really excited about. Uh, and, it, and it's just one of those things that it wouldn't have happened without, without God. He, he did all the work, and, and we're, just, we're just being a part of it. So it's us, uh, Grace Christian Fellowship, uh, Pastor Kelly Coho, which is over off of, off of uh Karen Woods, the pastor of Rivergate, up here on Lombard. Uh, Jay Brand, the pastor of uh, Journey 3. And uh, and then we have a few. Uh, we hired a director named Linda Joe, um, who is the one that's actually going to be running the program and teaching all the classes. And uh, and David Brewer, that runs all one community services, is the umbrella 501c3 that all falls under. So if you're interested, come and talk to me. I'm super excited about that coming up, and that'll be this next year for us as a church. So uh, who who's next? Who wants to share personally about something God's done? Home community neighborhood family. What are you laughing? I- Follow that. (laughs) Somebody had to go first. I just figured I'd break the ice. Mike's on. You want to talk back there? We're going to talk here.
1: So, this year's been a really rough year for Julian and me, but um, that gives God even more opportunity to show us that He is trustworthy. And I think what stood out most to us a few months ago, I was very stressed out about our finances. Julian was going to stop working so he could finish school full time and student teaching full time, all at the same time. So, working full time doesn't work with that. We tried that last year. Um, and uh, I was. I knew that God would take care of us. We've always tithed, and he's always come through, even when it's been really tight. But I didn't know how he was going to do that. So of course, I was really stressed out and came and cried in Pastor Josh's office for 30 minutes. (laughs) And he listened very patiently (laughs) and uh, prayed with me about that situation. And um, we were able to talk to our home group leaders. I hope you don't mind me sharing. We were so stressed out about our finances. We actually asked to live with Nathan and Christy, (laughs) Um, not being sure that we'd be able to pay our rent, speaking of, you know, homelessness, and uh, at the time I was working several part-time jobs trying to juggle everything, and God answered the prayers that Julie and I had been praying for and that Nathan and Christy had been praying for us and Josh and Jamie and whoever else knew about our situation, and he gave me full-time employment and a 25% raise, and I'm crying because he always answers our prayer, I just have to remember to stop stressing and crying first and to start remembering to pray first. And he answered our prayer and and we're doing okay and I'm able to take care of us for these next four months until he finishes school and graduates. So, thank you.
2: try and be real brief. Is is that Cayman? I don't recognize you without your glasses. Um, The guitar I bought from you got stolen like Friday night. I'm so sad because it was such a great guitar and I loved playing it with the kids and somebody broke into the church. The one night I leave a guitar at the church, somebody broke into the church and stole it and the church laptop and and a bass guitar off the stage. So that was the second time in a couple weeks. Here's the God part. (laughs) Um he's still in control and he has all riches and and all power as his and he doesn't want me or any of us to get, like Josh was talking about, that tunnel vision. He wants us to see the big picture of the final end of the story is him coming in on a white horse and winning the battle. And so so God is still in control in the midst of um, whatever you and I are going through right now. And I just want to uh, share a very quick version of s- something that I saw a couple years ago when s- stuff got stolen off our porch. <laughs> for this, uh, s- some reason, somebody came by and took our stroller, you know, high-quality stroller. <laughs> uh, I guess they could get a lot on the black market for a used stroller. Um, bummer was Christie's wallet was in the stroller, so we're like just going, "Oh my gosh!" And and I felt like the Holy Spirit was prodding me to pray for that person to be convicted. This is what we've already done this morning for the person who stole the stuff from the church. Is just pray, man, that there that guy's heart would just be just like ripped out of his chest, and he would just be so convicted of his how he's hurt us. And uh, and uh, and you know, at the time it was kind of it felt goofy to pray that it felt. Strange, and the next day knock knock knock, and here's this guy on our porch with a stroller, and he's like, "Yesterday my heart was being ripped out of my chest, and I, I just felt so convicted. I want to bring the stroller back, and my friends, uh, my friend, we were drunk, and my friend wanted it for uh, her dog. <sighs> this is living in St. John's for you." A friend wanted it for the stroller for her dog, and uh, and they bought some lotto tickets with your debit card. And but I know where they, I know which gutter they threw it in. So he took me, and we fished her wallet out of the gutter, and so we we're able to retrieve some of those cards and whatnot. So anyhow, I just share that story to build your faith and to build my faith and to remember that God is in control. And even if something crazy like that doesn't happen with with you or with with this, that He's He's still in control, and He wants reconciliation, not just. Um, um, uh, getting even which is what a lot of times we, we want, I want I guess so anyhow, just want to share that
3: Okay, so I'm really going to try not to cry, but it's just my thing that I do. Um, So last year I got to share, um, and so I'm continuing this story. Last year I shared how the pain that Lance and I had had for many years trying to start a family and that that wasn't happening. But what a joy it was when we had our surprise of our exchange student (laughs) who who became like a son for us during that time and provided a taste of, that um, need that I'd had for so long for wanting to be mommy um, to a teenager who (laughs) was like, why are you treating me like a little kid? (laughs) But um, when he left, it was a heartbreak again, but I knew what God was doing was so in his plan, and we got to see how quickly you can love somebody and they can become part of your family when they're not, and when they have their own mom and they have their own dad. And so now Lance and I are on a new part of our journey, and that's to become foster parents. And I'm just so excited. Um, and that's how God keeps working in our lives and the things that are hard for us. You know, thinking that you can't have children, but realizing that God <laughs> didn't want you so that he you could go another direction that he has for you that I'm so excited about is amazing. Um, and so... Basically, I feel like God has taught taught me and has been teaching us that those hard things he has for a reason for us and to continue to trust him. And it's hard to push through during those times, but even the crap that we have in our lives now, whatever it may be, I just constantly have a joy and the phrase keeps repeating in my head that I can't believe this is the life that God has given me. I just feel amazed like a princess finding out that her daddy's a king and that I get to walk around with him in his palace and that's how I feel um, now as we're excited going through this process. So now we just have to get all our paperwork done and then (laughs) there you go. So that's take two from last year.
4: I just wanted to share a little bit about um, our own version of a homeless shelter that's been happening this past year. Um, And I had interviewed with the group that Josh was talking about and um, didn't move forward in leading that whole project. And that was actually hard for me um, to understand why. And then God had a totally other plan in mind. And um, a homeless Shelter came together in August of this year um, really fast, and it's been really amazing to see it happen. And Daniel and I moved on site, and we've already um, helped eight families now transition into permanent housing. Um, it's been pretty amazing to see God work in the whole process. And then um, some people from Red Sea came out on Christmas Eve. Um, Heather DeVo's Girl Scout group came out just um, a week or two before that. And the the community space has really come together for the families. And it's really neat to see them sitting at a dining room table while their kids play in the kids' corner and share meals together. Um, They're going in and buying ingredients and cooking together. And it's just amazing to see the whole thing happen and to see how Red Sea has been a part of that and how God has brought it all together. Um, it's just been a real blessing to be a part of that and to have you guys walk with us through that because it hasn't been easy and it's really hard living on site in a homeless shelter and trying to find time for Daniel and I. And so that's, that's definitely our prayer for this next year that we'll be able to continue to spend time together and invest in our marriage. Um, and our future family, and all that other stuff, Um, in the midst of focusing on a really intense, um, emotionally draining ministry, Um, but it's just, it's been a blessing to be where we are now, and to see it all come together, and, and God has just been amazing, bringing it all to fruition, so thank you guys for walking with us in that.
5: Can you stand with me as we read God's Word? This is Jesus speaking. I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. You may be seated. How's that? How many of you do New Year's resolutions? Be honest, come on. Some people feel very enthusiastically. Anybody want to share a New Year's resolution? <laughs> I am joining Russell at the gym. He is joining Russell at the gym. Josh is going to sit there and watch Russell work out. Okay? Come on, Russell. Come on. Yeah, he says he's Josh is, is moonlighting as a personal trainer is what he's doing. Now. Anybody else have any New Year's resolutions you want to There you go. There you go. Nobody else wants to share? Okay. Okay. Okay, good. You sort of pick out a theme verse and then run with that. May I suggest John 10.10, 10, which is the verse I just read. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that as a segue. Okay? Um, I, this, we sometimes, I don't know if it's traditional, it's cultural for us to make resolutions to say, hey, this year things are going to be different. And... Um, and sometimes we make good on those things. Sometimes we don't make good on those. But at least the intention and the knowing. And this is just a time of year that it feels that it's, it's natural for us to look back and reminisce. How did it go? It's also for us a natural time for us to look forward and say, okay, next year, what could be different? And what can we do differently? And, um, and I'm not going to just, hey, okay, let's all make a New Year's resolution. But I would like to recommend that just sort of what she shared is that to think about that instead of a resolution that I'm going to do something, join a gym, read more books, whatever, what, play an instrument, whatever it is you feel that you need to do, I want to I encourage you to, to think about that verse in the sense of Jesus said that he came, he wasn't here on earth, but he came here as a demonstration of the Father's love, which we already sang about, so that we can have life. And, and he even explained that he didn't mean just life, like, yeah, you get to live on and on, but life abundantly. And sometimes I think we forget about the abundance part of that life. And when we, we're going to take communion together in a minute, um, and, and I just want to remind you of why we do that every single week. It is a reminder of that abundance that we have in Christ. Every week we want to take communion. It reminds us of his death, his burial, and His resurrection. Because it's in the power of the Gospel that not only are our lives changed and transformed, but that abundance that He promised we get to experience in different ways through the, the Holy Spirit work in our lives, through the church community, and even mostly for our knowing Jesus more and more in a deeper and deeper level. Like, like a, a man and woman, husband wife, or friends over years get to know each other on a more intimate level and where communication is more uh, very um, precise and you, know, you, can, you can look across the room and know what your spouse is thinking or feeling just by their facial expressions. Well, that comes through years of interaction. And it's the same with Christ. And when, when we celebrate every week the Lord's Supper, and, and the Lord looks at us, and we, we're reminding ourselves of this, I want to remind us of three things that the Lord's Supper does every week. It reminds us of this. First of all, it reminds us that in Christ, we have a new history. We have a new history. When we look back and we have responded to the gospel, that Christ died for our sins, and we respond in repentance and faith, as soon as we respond, now the perfect obedience of Christ is ours. And when the Father looks at us, Our history isn't this bunch of sin and and crap and, oh, sorry, uh, bad things that happen, okay? It It is Christ's perfect obedience. We have a new history when he looks at us. But we also, secondly, we have a new identity. We are children of God. Everybody is made in God's image. But not everybody's a child of God. The Scripture's very clear. Those who are born of the Spirit are children of God. We are saints. We are family. Uh, we have an identity that's different. So when God looks at us, we're family. We're in. And, and, and we can't be unfamily to Him. We're His sons, His daughters. Uh, as, as she shared, is that the, um, as Robin shared, that um, it's, we we're now realize that we're part of the king's family. It's not just we get a new dad. Our dad's a king. So it's even more awesome. But the third thing we get when we celebrate the Lord's Supper is not just a new history and a new identity, but we get a new destiny. We we know where we're going. And that abundance is also forward. Not just eternal life, which by the way is awesome. But even now, the even through sometimes disappointments and heartbreak and difficulties of life and and, and sin happens. Like you know, the church got broken into. Are we shocked? No. We live in a fallen world, a hurting world. And the person who did that is hurting. That's why they're doing these things, okay? But at the same time, in that abundance, the joy, the peace, the satisfaction that we can have in Christ that transcends those difficulties is for us is the year ahead. So here's my recommendation for a New Year's resolution is to seek to know the abundance that we have in Christ in new and fresh ways this year. That when we do this again next year, and you can say, this year I tasted of that abundance even more in 2014 than I ever have. Make that a desire, and if it's not a desire of your heart, maybe that's a good place to begin. And Say, Lord, put that desire in my heart to know you, to know you in a deeper level. So what we're going to do now, I'm going to ask Monica to come up. We're going to take communion together. I'm going to to say a short prayer. Monica and I are going to pass out the the bread and the wine. Why are we doing it this way? Not just because, hey, let's just mix it up. Um, We wanted to celebrate the community aspect of communion. Uh, We are the body of Christ, all of us. We are believers. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. And we do take communion the way we do it intentionally each week, but this week we just wanted to say, hey, you know what, we're going to do this together. As representatives of Christ's body, we call ourselves Red Sea. Even if you're not a regular part of Red Sea, if you're a believer, a follower of Christ, we encourage you to take of the Lord's Supper with us. So what we're going to do is, Monica and I, I'm going to ask you just to be quiet for a few minutes. Actually, can I impose on you? I just did publicly, so it's okay. Okay? Okay? (laughs) Can you do something on the piano? That Okay. Teach us some hand motions? Okay, sorry, I, just, I didn't think ahead. Okay, so we're going to pass out the bread. I'm going to ask that you all take your wafer and hang on to it. And then I'm going to say a prayer, and we're all going to take it together. Okay, pretty clear. That's, okay.
6: 감사합니다. <목소리> <목소리>
7: new song, to him who sits on heaven's mercy seat. the King of Kings. You are my everything and I will adore you. I will be to you the only It's such a marvelous mystery Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty Who was and is and is to come With all creation I sing praise to the King of kings are my everything and I will adore you all names Blessed Redeemer sa is my Messiah, Lord of all.
2: Praise God from whom all
7: blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here.
5: to uh, continue our time of worship by sharing a meal together. Um, so I'm going to pray for the meal and then we invite you to stay. There's soup out in the back and bread and just form an orderly line and uh, we have the kids go first or kids, parents with kids go first so they can get eating and enjoy a time of fellowship as the body of Christ. So let me pray and then I'll do a benediction and we'll go eat. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your generosity and as we as we sing the doxology to be the last song that we sing, I think it's appropriate, Lord, that we just give praise to you for the, the 2013, but also give praise to you for looking at anticipation for 2014. We thank you, Lord, for your generosity to us in Christ. We thank you that we have each other to share in uh, the journey um, in walking with you, and we especially thank you for your spirit and your word working in us and through us mm. to give glory to you. We thank you in your precious name. Amen. Amen. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.